Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here, sitting with Jesse. Uh, we're again, we're not a conduit, but uh, you know, two weeks later, you're still in my darn apartment. But it's a lovely-ish day. Yeah, uh, we're through January, and yeah. I mean, it's been super hot around here. Yeah. Now it's like nice and cooled off. But we've been getting super nerdy about coffee. Um, just sat down to record a whole bunch of shows and been playing around with the Breville and just getting really nerdy with the B60 and all that. And yeah. We like talking about nerdy stuff. And I bet, I bet that you are nerdier than you think you are. Me? When it comes to coffee. I'm talking to, I'm talking to you, the listener. <laughs> I know I'm pretty nerdy with coffee. Yeah. Well, we talk well, about the, this entire episode, this entire podcast concept is just based on us being nerds. Yeah, it really is. But also, we, we've we've kind of touched on the the whole idea that we're we're like way more into it than I think we think we are ourselves. Anyways, but we yeah. thought it'd be fun to talk about ways that you are obviously a nerd about coffee. Right, and this is kind of carrying on some of the conversations we had with the uh, um, connoisseur episode, whether yeah. you're a coffee connoisseur, because it's like, I, I would much rather somebody say you're a nerd with coffee than call me a connoisseur, because connoisseur has this idea that you only drink nice things and you're like all these flavors, whereas a nerd is like you can talk about different brew methods and you drink a lot of bad coffee as well. Connoisseur does have like a hoity-toity sort of right. thing about it. I'm kind of trying to break that down, but... You know, a nerd would look at the pour that you did on there, like you did, and say, it's... It looks like a thistle. Yeah, it's not that great. I wasn't that happy with it. And I'm looking at it going, oh my gosh, because it's better than anything I've ever poured. So, Um, I got to figure out how to do that stuff. Yeah, you got to practice. Yeah. And that's the thing, I think, about being a nerd and being this stuff is is you kind of become an expert. And coffee's just, it's like a lot of food but coffee is a really concept con- complicated food to cook and and mess with and the whole industry's interesting and young and kind of hitting this new renaissance with with the food culture and um and so you just kind of become a nerd the more you learn about it and get into it like you just get inherently kind of nerdy and it sort of is one of those funny little superstitious things with coffee that you know so much but it's still just a cup and of coffee there, in the there are things that like become normal to you that are weird to other people like a scale yeah always using a scale and if I see someone brewing and they're not using a scale, I'm just kind of like, ah, uh, do you, uh, oh, ah. Uh, or you go to brew and there isn't one. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. When now. they hand you a mason jar with a paper filter, like, well, like pinched in the when side. I, when I went on the backpacking trip and I took the Espro Press, I had pre-ground the coffee and my plan was to weigh out scoops beforehand so I'd know how many scoops to use and I forgot to weigh it out. And I'm on the trail and I'm like, crap. Yeah. How much do I use? I mean, obviously, I experimented and figured it out. Figured out. And that's the thing. You just do it consistently. But you know that because you're a nerd. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's one of those things. <laughs> like that consistent. There's so much little irrelevant and totally relevant science in coffee mm-hmm. and just doing the same thing every time and keeping track of that and why you do it. So the last episode about the 4-6 method, Yeah, you know, it's just... Most that, people don't care that 40%, the first 40% of the water is where the sweetness is developed. Or water and time, right, is where the sweetness is developed. And so, you know, that affects how all these coffee machines. It's like, well, why is that, you know, the new uh, the new brewer, whatever one it is, is $250 to $350, $400. It's a... Uh, yeah, well, all the, all the like, the auto Because brewers, they think about this stuff. All the specialty grade yeah. auto brewers. Like, the one I have, I have the Beemore over here. I think that's the least, ex- one of the least expensive ones. Yeah. It's like 170 Yeah. Like, the Bonavita is, like, around... The Bonavita has a new one. I, I think it's around eighty or ninety. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Um, I think we're gonna have an episode potentially coming up. Oh, cool! With that. Yeah, that'll be fun to play uh-huh. around with. But uh, I mean, it, there's. But they're expensive. 
Yeah. And it's because there's a lot of the science and a lot of, you know, it's really hard to have water at consistent temperatures and then have the equipment itself maintain that for a while and then not wear out over time. Those heating elements get scale on them, you know, the flow rate, all those kind of nozzles, there's all that kind of stuff. And so there's that maintenance of the machine and the cleanliness of everything. But um, for sure. And then when you get into espresso, like we talked about in a couple episodes ago with this Breville, right. which is an expensive machine, but it's it's not like unreasonably priced it's well worth right i mean if, if you want to if you want to make like cafe grade you know quality lattes right without a whole lot of experience exactly um but there are expensive and you get yeah. into workhorse machines and stuff like that for espresso and then you get into the really fancy yeah. stuff that you, you can, can dial in and get the floor right and get it. <laughs> so the, the new competition the barista yeah. world barista competition espresso yeah. machines are thirty five thousand dollars yeah wow I mean, so speaking of nerds, tell me about that. Let's let's talk about competitions. Nerds. nerds. Okay, all right. So uh, that's totally what I want to get to. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted because I'm just trying to do some math real quick. Okay. Um, so this this Breville is equivalent to 600 lattes at 350 a latte. Okay. So I guess you you do. Uh, I mean, if you do a latte a day, then in a couple of years you'll even out. Yeah. And then, but this machine is gonna last for a long time. Uh, I mean, and and they're built for like maintenance and keeping right. them going and that sort of thing it's not like it's gonna break down then you won't use it after a while right like so many things you, go this one actually feels like it, it helps with the habit of getting better at coffee yeah whereas some true. of the other ones are like they just wiggle around the pumps aren't powerful enough to get there so if you get the grind too fine where you want it to be to get the right surface area for extraction the pump can't handle it this is like the perfect newbie yep. nerds espresso machine yeah because you can just get going right away but then you can really get into it and tinker around with I like it and the grind and the thing is I like about it I'm, I'm kind of blown away with the auto steam function yeah. I mean that that's the most automated thing on here it's like wow that really works because yeah. foam properly foam milk is the hardest thing to do on home espresso machines I get like yeah yeah just so watching people that almost spoils it for espresso me. machines Oh, yeah. Like in cafes. Like yep. so many times I get not good. Like this one, you just put it under the thing and press a button yeah. and walk away. Mm -hmm. And that is a really, that is a really good foam you're doing yeah. right Do you want to try it? Try the yeah, latte? Sure. Yeah. yeah, and I dial this in. I mean, this is left over from two weeks ago, right? <laughs> right. Two episodes ago when we... Uh, <laughs> That's right. We did a bunch when of When we dialed in. it all in. And so then, you know, it's been sitting here. We did other stuff for the last couple hours and then coming back to it. And I didn't, didn't weigh it. No scales involved at all. Just went and hit grind. Yeah. Everything, the settings are obviously still saved. And then just... Yeah, made a nice cup of coffee, and I would be totally happy with this if you were just wanting to make a coffee at home. Oh yeah, um, I don't drink a lot of milk, so yeah, I don't usually either. I'm, I'm, I've, most of what I've been doing on this is like americanos or just straight espresso. Yeah. But occasionally, you know, I like to treat myself, and I can do that. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. And hot chocolate's really fun when you have a steam mm -hmm. wand that works. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> some really good hot chocolate. Uh, but so competitions. Yeah. So what do you do when you have this much knowledge? Yeah. Like there's so much dorky stuff. If you want to talk about different brew methods, like if anybody wants to look up, you know, AeroPress recipes, it's overwhelming to think about these like 30 step processes that they're getting in with different temperature water from different yeah. kettles at different times of the brew. And it's so fascinating to me that there's this entire world of coffee that most people who drink coffee in the world just don't know about. Right. Yet it's and all it's done so everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Like, I mean, this science exists whether you're looking at Illy or looking at, you know, instant coffee even. But even All the way to specialty like, grade coffee. Like, yeah. I mean, the science is still there. Water extraction is water extraction. Solubility is solubility. Yeah. And so all that science. And so the big companies have taken all that and shielded us from that knowledge. Because most people, especially post-World War II America, don't want to know. They, they wanted to disconnect people from the food that they're eating. You know, mm -hmm. you get into the agricultural systems and they want to separate people from that. And so... Forever, like, 
I mean, we didn't have any knowledge about what coffee could be or what was happening. So all, I mean, the fact that like those old Folgers cans and everything are so, like that coffee is ground so perfectly. I mean, that's all science yeah. as far as what's the average grind that we need for this and to get the extraction rate and not have it degas fast enough, you know, and how do we work and how do you get a roast profile that has enough solubility so that these crappy. In Norway, they have like their, <laughs> their, international, let me just their international coffee, whatever. Um, basically, they can tr- they they have a, a system a system for the whole country. So all coffee that's ground, like pre ground in that country, is pre ground exactly the same. Hmm. So it's a standard. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a screen so size kind really of really interesting standard that yeah. they control. So that um, because coffee coffee is a huge deal there. Honestly, I think much more of a deal than anywhere else. Like per capita. Just culturally? Well, culturally, in they've been doing like this quality. kind of... Yeah, yeah, they've been doing it for 20 years longer than anybody else yeah. here. A lot of other places, um, coffee is much more just about the consumption of the... I mean, we weren't product. we weren't really importing espresso machines into this country until 1984. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> I mean, Starbucks. Yep. Kent Bakke here in Ballard. Like, you can almost see his factory from here. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, that's that's where it started. That's why Seattle's really a crossroads. Cool. Yeah. If you want to learn more about this, you should come on my coffee tour at Conduit Coffee. Ah. You can find it on Airbnb. And it's very nerdy. Show um, notes. Show notes. Uh, but competitions. So, so, uh, it's always fascinated me uh, because I... I enjoy watching them. I don't get into them too much, but what, what's what's curious to me is there's this entire world of super enthusiastic, like intense, competitive, like really getting into the brewing, uh, and like cafes will have their baristas going, but then the customers have no freaking idea that this is happening. Right. I mean, it's picture like Iron Chef. Invisible world. It's like going to a restaurant and not knowing that like these chefs do what they're doing back there. And mm-hmm. so then you see it on the Iron Chef for the first time. Right. You know, and they're head to head and they're making these elaborate things. They're giving a presentation and they're mixing and matching different ingredients, all that kind of stuff. And that's what the barista competitions are like. The world barista competitions are... You know, definitely the most developed of all the competitions as far as the network go. And the, the but there are lots of local ones, too. Like, there's one yep. Friday happening at Slate downtown with Akaya, and it's, like, this sponsored yeah. thing, and they have, like... But yeah. I think... I don't know if anyone who's not in the industry is going to check that out or know about it. I wasn't even invited to it. I mean, it's, I like, the industry... there was a Facebook thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and I found I'm, that. I'm supposed to be tapped into the industry. <laughs> right. But uh, the, the world competitions are pretty fascinating as well. Yeah. Um, so there's the but so the there's there's brewing competitions for every different brew method pretty much. So a lot of E60, a lot of AeroPress competitions. We've done uh, Kalita versus Chemex competitions. Um, see which one's sweeter, and people can do that. Uh, there's the latte air competition, so it's just pouring. Then there's all sorts of variations of that. There's um, the barista competitions, which are like the whole process with multiple drinks and right. and, and the barista and signature cocktails and stuff like that. Particular fascinating because the baristas plan out this whole routine based right. off of a time set schedule. They have to produce um, certain sets of drinks. Like there's there's a standardized sort of thing you have to. There's do. There's an espresso can, round, a milk round, and a signature round. Right, and you have to you design your whole sort of um, brewing and planning around that, and then you you build it around this usually some kind of story and some kind of presentation yep. to kind of teach people. Really, really and cool seeing that all come the, to life. All the place settings and everything like that are yeah. all choreographed in that. It's it's intense, and they practice and practice and practice. It's um, also curiously like disconnected from reality. Oh yeah, but. Uh, I, I really, I want to see a cafe that does that regularly, what, like where you can go in kind of like a chef's table, right. like the barista's table and get that kind of presentation. Like, why isn't someone doing so that? So I think, so I, I want to come back to this forever okay. because it's, it's, 
it's it's the funny thing. Competitions are such an outlet for people like us because you get to go either watch or participate and and practice what you know. Because when you're at a cafe, you don't have time to do this, and yeah. often there's preset recipes because it's the coffee and it costs a lot of labor to practice this stuff. So cafes can't afford that. What's what the the paradox in coffee is in coffee nerds is the more you learn about it, the more you want to get in there the less you want to drink lattes and big drinks, the more you just want to go in and have that barista experience and have that little, like, delicate, beautiful shot of espresso that comes with the story and all that kind of stuff. But that story and all that stuff is the most expensive part of coffee mm-hmm. as far as the skill set and labor and the type of people that know that. And that shot of espresso has the smallest profit margin of anything. So you can't have a cafe based on shots of espresso, especially mm-hmm. in rent, like here in Seattle. I mean, there's no way you're going to come up with $8,000 a month in rent selling just single shots of espresso. Right. You know, I mean, you have to have food ticket items and you have to have all this other stuff. Because the bread and butter of the industry is that 20-ounce mocha, you know, because you get a lot more money on that milk and that chocolate and that seasoning and, the, you know, whatever flavorings on the size. Like, um, so it's this funny paradox that the more you learn about coffee, the less money goes back into that whole coffee system. Right. The cafe, well, the cafe system. But the farmers are still getting what the farmers deserve. Yeah. There, but that's, it pushes a, puts cafes in a in a in a hard spot. There is a disconnect between the magic of coffee that we love and and the realities of running a business where you can't have a business based off of like a, just a few very low margin, mm-hmm. low priced items. You right. gotta have like a range and like high ticket prices. Right. And that's, that's where a whole another like subject. And the whole chef's table, I think, is a fascinating concept for bringing people in on the Actually, process. I really want to um, find a cafe around here like Anchorhead or something like that who wants to... Like, yeah, I mean, that's basically what we do at Conduit, and that's kind of what I do on these tours. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, you're getting an intimate look at that stuff, and you get a you get custom-brewed coffee. We've done things... I mean, there's those little dating where they go and, like, they you, you get set up for having, like, a small blind date sort of venue space in unique places, mm-hmm. and we've been asked about that a couple times to host that. And um, mm, That's an interesting idea. It's all moving there. Competitions are ridiculous. They are. So yeah, we have an, um, every month out here in the Northwest, we have the TNTs, the Thursday Night Throwdowns. It's the last Thursday of every month. Um, and you can find those on Facebook, you know, and kind of organize some of that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on all over the country and all over the world and stuff. And, and people get together and have these friendly competitions. I think it's, for me, some of the local level competitions and some of the, oh, we didn't even talk about coffee tasting competitions, like the cupping, cupping yeah. bowls of triangulations where you guess the one odd one out of the set and, yeah. and have to do that. Cuppers, cupper, um, cuppers taste leagues. Yeah, or the new one we mentioned on the podcast a couple episodes ago about the, the Crush the Rush competition. Um, that's over now, but um, John took uh, a tour down the West Coast and out to Colorado and doing a set of competitions. And they were teams. Right, right, and there was three-person teams, so one person's making espresso, one person's making the milk, and one person's serving it. And they had to make eight drinks, and head-to-head, mm-hmm. it was a time. Uh, and it was all on the basic presentation. It was like, is this a drinkable cup? Is it too full, or is it not full enough in the cup? Is there any drips on the outside? And then they had big buzzers that were loud, and mm-hmm. and that was really fun. So I think, I think that's a fun thing that we're sort of working on in the community here in Seattle as far as getting, getting more people involved yeah. in it. Because... It's one thing to be a nerd and go to these things, but it's also kind of exclusive. And as the competitions get busier, they get really long. We did that 64-person bracket oh. head-to-head latte art competition. Yeah. You know, and it's 154 lattes or whatever that we made. And the keg was gone before the first round was yeah. over. And it went like five hours. It was yeah. epic. That was By nice. the end of it, it was ridiculous. Um, but. I, I think one of the things that I, I always like to try to bring about in this stuff, though, is that a lot of this can be daunting. 
um, especially these like really intense competitions. Um, but even some of the other details about coffee, like making fancy espresso at home or really getting into a method like the four, six method and all the yep. details, like you don't, I, I think it's just important to, to realize you don't need to be a nerd to just enjoy like right. the benefits of that stuff. Like you don't need to get super intense into it. No. And it, it's that I really hope that people start acknowledging yeah. that, that, effort yeah. that goes into it by other people and the fact that all that's getting done so then you can just go to the cafe and just have yeah. your perfect cup of coffee you know that's that's that mountain I, I also think i mean y- you can also take some cues like i think it's helpful to just observe and learn a little bit because then you might start using a scale and you're not going to feel like a nerd using a scale right. but or somebody will offer you one you're coffee. like oh i could use that or you're yeah. you know whatever target and you see a little or, baker or like scale for 20 bucks kettle. you change yeah. up your kettle a little bit just just little things yep that uh yeah. So having these competitions, especially the local and accessible ones, are great for introducing other people to it. Yeah. Um, the brewing competitions are fun, but really the, the coffee tasting competitions are great because anybody can participate. So you do those at cafes during open hours and any customer can come up as long as they're on time with the, yeah. with the cycle of, of the hot coffee. Anybody can participate. You don't have to. You're not a judge. You're not. You don't have to know how to make an AeroPress or judge it. Right. You know, but you can go in there and participate. So it's really a, like an inclusivity thing. I um, I think that that's that's sort of the next phase, especially in coffee dense areas yeah. like Seattle. So I'd say certainly to the people uh, listening, uh, check your find your local roasters, your local cafes, and ask them if yep. they participate in any competitions and just just start exploring. Yeah, you see a nice rosetta and ask if there's if there's a throwdown. Yeah. And people know what that means. You're competing about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, these relationships, you just are friends with nerds. I mean, it's just like, it's a collegial thing. Um, when I first started home roasting was, um, Carolyn was the one, I don't even know if she was manager, but she was working at the Stumptown right next to Seattle U. And then she started leading the tasting. So when I was getting into home roasting, getting into the coffee tastings and stuff like that, she was leading that. Now she's the manager at the KXP Cafe, the mm-hmm. Lama Zoka Cafe there. And it's, you know, that was 2006 when I met her. Mm-hmm. So we're 12 years in on this. Um, and that's what I was going to say about being a nerd and kind of becoming an expert. They have that thing where you spend 10,000 hours doing something yeah. and you're going to be an expert. And that's basically like a decade worth of dedicating yourself to a, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Goodness, like careers and, in coffee work is, is an entirely another subject we should talk about. But I really that's almost was, like, yeah, I wish it was possible to to be a, like a career barista in this country, but it's just not a respected enough. Position. It's not respected. I mean, you totally can, but, you know, you'll be living with roommates and riding yeah. a bicycle. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's a shame. I mean, and that's the reality. And it's not just coffee, but that's reality with good food and small businesses in a place like Seattle that's changing so fast is suddenly rents are out of control. And so what you used to be able to do, you know, I was, I was making rent living in Ballard working as a barista for nine 75 an hour. That's wild. Not even eight years ago. That's wild. 2012. Yeah. Six years ago. Yeah. I guess like, that that'll be a that'll be a and then Amazon moved here and yeah. boom suddenly now yeah. <laughs> we're getting into we're getting into the after show subjects oh we are bit. oh I'm sorry no that's all right uh, I'm just being a nerd Coffee yeah nerds nerds so, nerds nerds, nerds. so uh, yeah <laughs> get get into it um, I mean you're listening to the show so you're obvi- you're already a little bit of a nerd uh, if you don't like that well I'm sorry too bad you like listening to nerds yeah you're listening to nerds that makes you a nerd congratulations <laughs> but check out the competitions the competitions are really awesome uh, we'll link to we'll link to some sources for that you can watch videos yada yada yeah uh, and uh, uh, live stream during the competitions live stream has uh, some great links for yeah. the Specialty Coffee Association. They have a good channel. And I think they keep their videos up there so you can watch them not live, yeah. at least till the next round. Uh, yeah. The barista sure. competitions are really fun to look at. I'll find yeah. them out and link in the show notes. But, uh, yeah. So, 
Um, before we go, shout out to all the coffee nerds out there. Yeah. Who make all of this possible. Yeah. Carolyn, I'm just going to pick on you. Okay. You're definitely not listening to this, Carolyn. Uh, you're too busy rocking it. Uh, there's so many people out there that we owe everything to. The roasters, the importers, the people who teach these classes, Atlas Coffee and their entire lab and their crew up there and importers and just resources in the city. And Companies like Alam Zogo that just kind of step up and, and do yep. extra things that they don't like need to do, but which are really awesome for the industry. And they're going to elevate it. And even Starbucks for that, like yeah. getting into the reserve and just sure. like, I mean, this is, people are learning that coffee is a big, wide world. And so we're, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. It's been Coffee Lovers Radio. Cheers. You have been listening to Coffee Lovers Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Support the producers. Check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and download our app. Also get yourself some fantastic coffee from Conduit Coffee at conduitcoffee.com.